Welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I am Goshen News Sports reporter Austin Huff. And with me today in the studio is a guest host. Uh, you've probably read 100,000 of his stories in our newspaper. Uh, the vet, the veteran, the one of a kind, the only Steve Cries with me today. Steve, how are you today? Good, Austin. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. This is You are the first two-time guest, kind of, guest co-host person. You you were on in February for wrestling. Uh, you remember when we could go to things like that, wrestling, and, you know, we were all at the one table during the podcast. <laughs> good times, good, good times, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, a I remember time. that. That seems like a million years ago. It really does. It really does. That was kind of in the infancy of this podcast as well. So it's good to have you on, Steve. We're really excited to kind of talk about uh, a couple different things today. Uh, obviously, football Friday was this past week. Uh, football is uh, the, you know, the top sport in, in the country, in the area. And uh, there was a, a big win up in Angola this week for the Fairfield Falcons. They won 40, or excuse me, 29 to 17 over the Hornets. They are now 5 and 0, 2 and 0 in the NECC Big Division. Uh, this is a Fairfield team, third year under Matt Thacker, and, and you've probably been able to follow them a little bit too, Steve. And just it's pretty incredible the transformation they've made from their first year where they scored 20 points total the whole season to where they're putting up 30 a game now. I think what they were having problems with is numbers. I mean, right. in football, it's a game of numbers, and you're in Fairfield, it's a three A school, and so you don't. Some years you might have a lot of people, and some years you don't. And they were just getting worn down, I think, and that, and so they got some buy-in from the kids that are there, and and they believe in what Coach Thacker's doing. I think that's what the turnaround is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I think they had a game canceled in that 2018 season due to low numbers. So they had they had too many injuries and they weren't going to be able to play against Colts. Right. Sometimes you see, well, we're going to scrap the the JV or the freshman game, but if you don't can't play varsity, that <laughs> tells you that you're really hurting for the yeah. numbers. Yeah, it's really impressive to see what Thacker has done. Uh Carson Abramson and Corey Lance both had big days for Fairfield on Friday. 114 yards rushing each. Uh two touchdowns for Abramson, one touchdown for Lance. Uh, they run that triple option offense. You know, you see that at like places like Warsaw as well, where it, it's difficult to game plan for. And Fairfield, if you run it to perfection or run it really well, this is what you see what Fairfield's doing right now on the field. So. What I see, what I what I hear myself saying a lot when it comes to those kind of offenses, like you say, Warsaw does it, Mishawaka does it well. The fullback dive can be worth 1,000, 1,500 yards a season mm-hmm. if you do it well. And it's like, who has the ball? Well, the fullback <laughs> knows and the quarterback knows, but nobody else does. Mm-hmm. The defense, the, the yeah. officials, they're, yeah. they're at least eight yards down the field. <laughs> and then if nobody touches them, they might go all the way. So. Mm-hmm. I wish, you know, for us, I wish like we, when we were sitting in the press box or something, they would like – shine a light on whoever has the ball, you know, so that way we could track too, you know, that'd be That's nice. right. That's exactly right. Nobody <laughs> in the press box or the stands knows what's happening either until the, you know, the yeah. tackle is well, made. <laughs> and and, uh, and Fairfield does a thing too where um, they'll fake the dive up the middle to the fullback, Abramson, and Lance will actually keep it and run up the middle himself. So it looks like he gave it to the fullback, but he actually has it, and the fullback, the fullback is just becomes the a blocker. blocker. Yeah, the blocker. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it could be really tricky at times, and uh, you know As what a puts it in and pulls it out of his <laughs> yeah. stomach, and yeah, it's really efficient. You know, I've I saw him a couple weeks ago against West Noble, and it was just a, a machine, man. Five six yards of carry, they couldn't really be stopped. And I'm going to see him again this week. They're hosting Garrett 
Huge game for them. Uh, both teams 2-0 in the NECC Big Division. Fairfield obviously still 5-0, right? undefeated. Garrett's actually 2-3, and so, you know, maybe they're two conference wins. You know, maybe, who knows what Garrett is right now? You know, Coach Dacker knows they're going to be physical. He told me that on Sunday when talking to him. Well, so. Chris DePue is the coach mm-hmm. at Garrett. Had success there. Had a lot of success at East Noble. He's yeah. been around, so right. he knows what he's doing. Right. It's going to be a good game, I think. A good test for the Falcons. You know, these are, you know, these this last week against Angola, this week against Garrett are probably the two biggest games on their schedule this year. Uh, you know, no offense, obviously, to anyone else on their schedule, but you know, if, if Fairfield wins this week, they they could they host Lakeland the following week with a chance to win the big division. Um, you know, like I said, kudos to Thacker and everyone there at Fairfield doing a great job. Uh, they're really they're really impressive. It's really fun to watch them play, and you feel for them. Like you know, you're not you're, as a journalist, you're supposed to be unbiased a little, you know, but. You're a human being as well, and you show, you know, it, to see where Matt Thacker was at. I interviewed him a couple times in that 2018 season, and to be able to interview him now in this 2020 season when things are going so well, it's really a testament to what he's been able to do, what he's been able to build at Fairfield, and the kids buying in and rebuilding that program into what it, you know, used to be. It was a pretty good program, you know, for years. So it's it's really impressive to see what they've done there. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the game you were at, Steve, on Friday night. Mishawaka, at, Concord at Mishawaka. Mishawaka's record a little misleading, as you can tell, uh, two and three, but they looked good against Concord, for all things considered. Absolutely, and we just talked about the, the fullback dive, and the fullback dive is what Mishawaka ran for the first play of their game for the fifth <laughs> week in a row. I mean, I think they script... They don't script their play, 15 plays like the 49ers used to. So they script early plays. They ran that. It just so happens it went for 73 yards of a touchdown. <laughs> and so uh, Concord was in a hole right away. They were down 16 to nothing before you knew it. And it mm-hmm. was uh, 23-6 at halftime. Yeah. But then Concord comes back and scores 13 points in the third quarter, makes it close, and then you know, Mishawaka does the same thing to them and kind of pulls away. But Mishawaka is, um, is one of those, you know, teams that will get three, four, or five yards at a crack because they got a mammoth line that push you around. They run, you know, double tights all the time. Mm-hmm. If they throw a pass, it's usually for a touchdown or for a big <laughs> gainer. They don't throw right. that much because they, they're so good at the, with the flex bone. Or, mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, obviously, Mishawaka, uh, like I said, they were, they're two and three. On, so the record on paper doesn't look too strong, but they lost by one point to Mishawaka Marion, who's, you know, top one of the top teams in 3A this they year. Just, they just beat Penn. And they just beat Penn, which mm-hmm. is really impressive. On Penn's field, too. Right. Yeah. Super impressive victory. And, mm-hmm. you know, they lost, Mishawaka lost by a touchdown to Elkhart, who's undefeated in a 6A team. And they lost to Warsaw, who's a one loss 6A team. So. You know, their, their three losses for Mishawaka are really good losses. Like, you know, yeah, all things so considered. So that's the the Sagrin ratings probably were yeah. helped even with those losses. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it, it wasn't a total surprise that they beat Concord. A Concord by Craig and Coach Craig Kaler, his own admission, they're they're still a, a kind of a growing team, a young team. You know, they're not what they were last year. They they still got some nice pieces there, and I, I saw them a couple weeks ago, and obviously you saw them this past week. You know, they've still got some young talent there, and they could be a dangerous team next year potentially. But this year you could tell they're kind of still going through the growing pains 
of, you know, a young team, not many varsity reps around, and obviously dealing with COVID, not getting as much practice time. And you could kind of see that at times with this Concord team. So That's true. And uh, we found something out about Concord just before we started taping, didn't we? We did. We did. So, you know, never a dull moment in 2020, of course. Uh, Concord and Plymouth will be canceled this week, the football game between those two teams. Plymouth coach John Barron tested positive for COVID-19, according to Angelo DiCarlo. He, he tweeted that he texted Barron, and Barron said that he tested positive for COVID-19. So Plymouth's game this week against Concord and next week at Goshen are both canceled uh, at for, for now. So they, they will not play those next two games. They are hopeful to play their final, se- final regular season game against Northwood on the 16th of October. But as of now, that is still to be determined. So, so that leaves Concord looking for an opponent this week, and I'm yep. sure that they're working the phones as we speak. Yeah, I'm sure Dave Preheim is texting everyone in the state. You know, maybe they'll go down and play someone in Evansville. Who knows? You know, that would be a little bit of a drive. Well, I know I happen <laughs> to know that you know Mishawaka got in this into that kind of situation earlier, and right up until Thursday, they were considering playing Danville. Wow, and Danville is you know near Indianapolis, right? And they decided it wasn't fair to each team with no preparation against that team to decide at 9 p.m. on Thursday right. that we're going to play. So they did <laughs> not play that game. But, so that's the kind of, I don't know when Concord will cut it off. I'm sure they want to play this week right. no matter who they play. I, I would I would assume that they're going to have to try to get someone scheduled by Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday night just to give them a day or two to sure. prepare. And, and, the, and the strange situation you end up in is that other people have to have missed a game and have availability. So right. that means, yeah, because <laughs> right. sometimes it's like we're the only team not playing. Well, mm-hmm. that's good statewide, but, you know. Right. You have to, yeah, like I said, you got to find other teams that aren't playing this week to make up for that game. And, you know, it's obviously, and you can't find a team, obviously, that's in quarantine. You know, it's got to be another team that had another game canceled because of a positive test. And, that's you know, exactly right. And who knows, like, you know, in a weird way, it's a good thing that this happened early in the week. So that way, Concord has some time. You know, you've seen it a couple times where the cancellation comes late in the week or, you know, oh, Thursday night, by the way, the game's canceled this week. You saw it with uh, Fremont this past week. I believe they had a game they were supposed to play Friday. On Friday morning, it got canceled. You know, they're going to play Churubusco, I believe. So Right, so think of the metal, um, you know, things going on with the players and the coaches. Right. Thinking that day, this is game day today. Right. No, it's not. Yeah, and that's just the world we live in, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So I think Fremont has, has another game this week canceled as well. They have to cancel just because of a positive COVID test. So, you know, it's hitting everyone everywhere in the state. I mean, no one's been – no one's really been – I mean, it's actually interesting to see how many teams have played all six games so far this year. You know, not many have. West Oval, Lakeland, and Wallace from our area are the only ones that have played six games. I so. used to I used to talk about the season in terms of week one, week three, week six. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm thinking, well, week six doesn't mean you played six games. So <laughs> right. I stopped thinking that way. <laughs> right. I mean, Goshen, go, it's week seven, and Goshen is getting ready for their fourth game of the season. There you go. You know, they had the week one. Everyone in Elkhart County was off week one. Then they played Clay week two. They had their next two games canceled because of a positive COVID test. Then they played uh, at Concord, and then they played at Warsaw. So they've only played three games. 
You know, they're they're finally playing a home opener this week against Northridge. It's October. It's going to be October 2nd. They're playing their home opener. I believe this might be the first time they didn't have a September home game like maybe in the history yeah. of the program. I'm going to have I, I don't know if I have the time to look back, look that back, but I'm going to bet that it's that's probably true. You know, like that, that's incredible to think about, you know, not having a September home game. Or or an August home game even, you know, and with the way the schedule is now, they're supposed to have a game at home in Oct- in August. So just crazy. It's like how Notre Dame's going to be playing a home game in December this year, if they get there, of course. So you just don't see that in college football. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of Goshen, they actually – I thought that was actually a surprising score. They stayed within striking distance of Warsaw most of the night. I was actually pretty surprised by that Red Hawk effort. I, you know, on paper, Warsaw is a really good team, and Goshen hasn't you know, been as good. And I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a blowout and – you know, when it's 21 nothing in the second quarter, Warsaw's winning. It looks like they're going to run away with it. And kudos to Goshen. They hung in there. They battled back. And uh, they lost 41-28. But I think, you know, not that there's a moral victory to that. But they battled back and kind of got a moral victory, for lack of a better term, out of that. I think, at least. So. Yeah, I think and they were able to move the ball through the air. I think that's, right. the, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Not so much on the ground. Yeah, Colin Turner, 265 yards passing and a touchdown. So, you know, he throws a pick six early, and, you know, that can rattle a kid. Uh, and he responded pretty well. He, you know, like I said, 265 and a touchdown through the air. Um, and they, they hung in there. They didn't give up. And, you know, that, that I think is a testament, you know, to maybe where the program is going for Goshen. They, maybe they won't win many games this year. But, hey, as long as they're in it, they battle, they don't quit, you know, that's, that's things you can build off of if you're Kyle Park, if you're Coach Kyle Park. So, And now they got to figure out who the schedule week eight because Plymouth, you know, is no longer. So potentially, if Goshen does not find a week eight opponent, they're going to play one regular season home game this year. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then the IHSA draw comes out, and do they get a home game? Right. It's just kind of 50-50 as to how that'll fall, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hope that they get a home game almost for financial sake. <laughs> yeah, cool. absolutely. They're, they're going to be tough. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, good for Goshen to hang in there. And um, and there was there was one other game I wanted to hit on, uh, the game I was at this past week. Northridge shuts out Northwood 7 nothing, a barn burner. Let me tell you, it was actually a very entertaining game. Uh, even though both defenses really, you know, stood up to the plate and, you know, not much scoring, obviously. But, man, four shutouts in five games for Northridge. You were at the only game that they actually gave up points at against Warsaw. So, maybe you're the curse, Steve. I mean, you're – if I'll send you to Northridge. You're going to Northridge-Goshen this week. So, if Goshen you, scores, I mean <laughs> – That's all on me. You, <laughs> yeah. you, think, um, you think they're going to go nine games and – Goose egg. <laughs> that would be crazy. No, that I mean, would have been, been incredible. Uh, it only got to be a handful of teams that have ever done that. Yeah, in that would have been country inc- probably. That would have been incredible if they had goose egged everybody this year. But you know, they've given up 27 total points in five games. That's unreal. Four shutouts. I think it was telling what you wrote about you know working on pursuing the ball yeah. carrier and going after them wherever they're at and in. You know, they talk mm-hmm. about flying around to the ball. That's what <laughs> defensive coordinators like you to do, but they took that to heart. Yeah, that was the first thing Tom Wogelman said after the game. He's like, we work on that pursuit drill every week, and the players hate doing it because it's a really tough drill. It's a lot of running and exercise, and you know, but but I keep on telling them that it's gonna work, it's gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off in the game. Like, I promise you, basically. And then it pays off right there. They chase down, I mean, newcomer. 
was gone for Northwood. He he was going to score. It looked like it was going to be 7-7 or 7-6 pending the extra point. You know, Northwood likes going for two, so they might have gone for two. Um, but, and kudos to Zach Holly chasing him down, stops him at the 13-yard line, and Northridge defense holds for four plays after that and gets the ball back, runs out the clock, ball game over. So, you know, that pursuit drill can, comes back right there, and and Northridge, man, their, their defense is legit. Obviously, I mean, it's pretty evident, you know, four shutouts in five games, you know, Northwood had their full complement of weapons on Friday with Nate Newcomer back, you know, all the receivers, all the running backs, and, you know, they had big plays, Northwood had big plays, but they couldn't score, it was pretty incredible, bend but not break, literally, you know, for the Northridge defense, so, and kudos to the Northwood defense, I mean, seven points, you tell me they're going to give up seven points before the game, they're going to feel good that they're going to win that game, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and obviously now Northwood gets to prepare for Mishawaka this week. Uh, it's a really interesting game. Two teams, historically strong programs, uh, both, you know, you know, at different spots right now. Mishawaka's won two in a row. Northwood's coming off a tough loss to Northridge. You know, which, you know, can that Northwood defense stop the triple option, the Bushbone offense of Mishawaka? It's really going to be a, a kind of like a captivating kind of game it could also be done in an hour 45 you know because <laughs> both offenses like to run it so. there might be about six or seven possessions for each team and yeah that, that'll be it <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a quick game potentially so uh you see that a lot you know with them and and Fairfield and teams like that so uh and one thing I wanted to mention also one more thing from that game I wanted to mention it was pretty cool um obviously this past week uh we lost a legend uh Chicago Bears legend Gail Sayers who, grew, who lived in Wakarusa in his retirement and, uh, you know, obviously was a fixture of the Wakarusa uh, community. And you probably could speak to more of that as well because you, you've obviously lived here I, I, a little longer than I have. No I got offense. to interview Gail yeah. maybe 10 years ago, yes. Yeah. Right there in his uh, yard in Wakarusa, <laughs> not, off, not far off of 19. They live lived right, right close to downtown Wakarusa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, pretty cool gesture. The IHSAA is allowing Northwood to wear uh, stickers with the number 40 on their helmets the rest of the season in honor of Gale, uh, which I think is pretty cool. So you don't, you know, obviously, like I said, he was a very important fixture uh, to that Northwood, uh, you know, Wakarusa Napanee community, yeah. and really was, cool. The, the, the Sayers family was very close and are still very close with the Abel family, and Doc Abel mm-hmm. passed a little while back, and... You know, you, everybody knows what Doc Abel means in the Northwood and the Jimtown facilities. And yeah. anybody that's been around there for very long was probably delivered by Doc Abel. <laughs> Hundreds of babies, you know, yeah. as long as he was in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought it was a, a really cool tribute, really cool way for uh, the IHSA to let them, you know, kind of do that. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, and as a, as a Chicagoland uh, native, I, obviously, I watched Big Bears fan and know about Gale Sears and have seen all the highlights. And you know, I, when I moved here, I didn't realize he lived in Wakarusa, and I was actually hoping I could meet him. You know, I was like, oh, Gale Sears, that's really cool. But then, you know, I learned that he obviously had bad dementia and a lot of issues with his health and his, you know. So by the time I got here, he was already pretty bad in his health. So yeah. kind of a sad, sad story in that sense, but. You know, obviously, he was a legend. You know, the Kansas comment. So, only nice thing I'll say ever about Kansas. So, as a, <laughs> as a Missouri grad, I can't talk any more good things about them. So, uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's uh, shift gears here for a second. 
Actually, before we get to the golf, I want to give a quick shout out to Fairfield Girls and Northwood Boys Cross Country. Both of them won their respective classes at the New Haven Classic this past weekend. Pretty much every team in northern Indiana is at this thing. It's over in uh, in Fort Wayne at Huntington University. And Fairfield won the, gla- the Class A girls race and Northwood the Class B or Class AA uh, boys race. So both those teams, congratulations on their victories. Uh, now we're getting into postseason conference, postseason action kind of for cross country. We got the NLC championships on Saturday at Oxbow Park, the NECC championships at uh, Prairie Heights, and then the following Saturday is sectionals. We're, we're in sectional week, just like that. All of a sudden, here we are, you know. Tennis is this week for sectionals. Soccer starts next week for sectionals. Volleyball after the week after that. Saturdays are going to be fun, Steve. When October rolls around, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So it's it's going to be exciting. So uh, one one tournament that's kind of coming near its end is the girls golf, and you were at out in Kendallville for the regional this past weekend, Steve. And we had a little history made in the area. How about that? Absolutely. Northwood and Concord finished second and third. And I kind of joked to the coaches that Homestead ran away with the thing. I mean, Homestead shot a 275. Just ridiculous. They had two girls shoot 66. The third girl was 70. Yeah. And, you know, just so you take that out of the equation, which you can't. Northwood and Concord finished one, two. First Mm -hmm. time a Northern Lakes Conference had two schools go to the state finals in the same season pretty impressive and you know going in you, you had a feeling that they could both go there was some teams there like Penn and and uh, uh, Columbia City was there kind of like lurking as like maybe these are teams that could get it instead of Northwood and Concord uh, but kudos to both teams I mean Concord gets out by two shots and Bell Brunner shoots 73 uh, to really leave them out and uh and Madison Kyle from Lakeland, also an individual, gets to go to state for her second straight year. So that's pretty cool stuff. So I, th- I mean, it's just the the nature of golf at, at that level that you know every stroke is important. But um, you got eighteen teams and all those individuals coming in, and so the round is going to take four and four and a half hours. So you t- get to hit a good shot and you get to wait for 20, in some cases, <laughs> right. in some parts of the course, especially around par threes. And, or you, you know, so you have to flush it if it was a bad shot or think about if it was a good shot. Mm-hmm. So the mental thing really kicks in there, I think. Right. Yeah. Especially like you said, with all those Cause people Because you know, uh, you know, Bell told me that I like to play fast, mm-hmm. but I can adapt. Right. And that's what she had to do. Right, and you know they, they do try to make them go as quickly as possible, obviously, like starting some on one and some on ten, but still, you're going to get a log jam at some point there on the course. Yeah, I went out there, and it was at a par three. Like on, uh, I went to the back nine first, and it was like on 13, I think, and there was a group on the green, a group in the fairway, and one two two on the tee. Yeah. So that's what happened, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Girls come up there. Let's find a bench and sit down because we're gonna. It's gonna be a while. <laughs> yeah, but everyone did get done. Uh, Northwood shoots three thirty four. Snowball did a really good job of running yeah. the thing. I mean, um, it didn't got out of there faster than it did the previous week, and there were more teams. So. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job of running. Uh, I know they didn't play both nines at the regional level. That's one of the things. But. Right. 
Yeah, I you know I, in my experiences out there, they've done a good job at running those the sectionals and the and the regional. Uh, Noble Hawk, obviously a very nice course as well. And uh, I actually played Noble Hawk last week just by myself with some well not by myself with some friends. I shot one twenty four, so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made it to a state unfortunately <laughs> with that score. I think one twenty two is the highest number I saw. <laughs> well, I it was a fifty nine through nine, so I mean, you know, we'll take that. Uh, so. Double double par doesn't. I didn't. I learned something. This is like the second year that double par. You know, they just circle it. Mm-hmm. You know, regular season through sectional. But when you get to the regional level and state, whatever you shoot, if you shoot a twelve, wow. you got to wear it. So, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. You know, I just cap it. So at one. 10. So <laughs> one. You know, one hole could take you down. You could be shooting pars and birdies and mm-hmm. being, doing pretty well. And then then you put up a big number in that. Right. That right, out. a lot of pressure in that regard. You know, a lot of pressure in that sense. So, and that probably attributes to some of the slower pace of play too. Is you're not, you know, riding a six if you get a, on a, you know, you pick it up after six on a par three or eight, you know, on a par four. I, I'm sure that plays a little bit in the pace, but yeah. So, well, we actually have a couple interviews that I conducted yesterday over the phone. This is being taped on Tuesday uh, afternoon for those listening. Not on Tuesday, uh, and I conducted some interviews on Monday afternoon uh, with the two head coaches that are going out uh, from state Northwoods Adam Yoder and uh, Concord's Tara Bossler, as long as well as uh, Lakeland's Madison Kyle. So you'll hear Madison first, then Adam Yoder, and then Tara Bossler. So here's what their mindset is after qualifying for the state tournament. Madison, uh, first off, congratulations. I'm qualifying for state. Uh, how does that sound? I'm just so excited. Um, it just um, is all my hard work paying off. I mean, I, um, I'm happy with my effort in the regional. Um, I'm definitely happy I have another chance, but um, I did want, I was planning on going even lower, which didn't work out, but I'm still happy with the way I finished. Um, in the regional and I'm so happy to be going back to state. Right. Um, you obviously played early on Saturday, so you had a lot of waiting, a lot of sitting around to do to see if your 76 would hold up. Uh, what are some of the range yeah. of emotions you went through in that couple hours as you saw the teams come in? Um, after I was, after I was done, I kind of, um, was feeling pretty optimistic about, um, making it, especially with the conditions of the day, it was really, really windy. So, um, I was a lot less nervous than I was last year, um, for sure. Um, because we just, the, the field was a little bit stronger last year too. And with the wind and stuff, I was, I was, I wasn't very nervous about, um, qualifying after I was done. So that was good. A lot less anxiety. <laughs> yeah, you know, you obviously were at, uh, at regional last year as, a, as an individual. Did that experience help you this year? You knew what kind of kind of to expect, the emotions of the day. Did that help at all, last year's experience? Um, it definitely did. Um, <clears throat> I was a lot less nervous this year knowing um, that I had been here before and um, that I was capable of shooting low at Noble Hawk and I played there twice this summer too. So that in a tournament, so that helped, um, up my confidence there a little bit because, um, this in the past two years, I, I've never been above 80 there, which is 
um, really good to know going into <laughs> a regional round. So. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you improved the most in the last year that allowed you to kind of get in this position to qualify for state? Oh, it's a hundred percent short game. It's when uh, your long game isn't going your way, you have to rely on your short game. And that was um, something that I didn't really have last year. I mean, my short game was okay last year, but I I didn't put I didn't put nearly as much time into my short game as I do now, and I think that's really helped me improve um, this year immensely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are your hopes and expectations? You know, you're going to tee off in the first group, I think, 8:30 a.m. bright and early. What are your expectations going down there? Um, I just want to uh, finish better than last year. I was tied for 33rd at the end of two days, and um, I really want to be in that top 20, um, which is going to take probably at least one round in the 70s, and I would love to um, shoot for two rounds in the 70s. Um, I know it's not going to be easy, but that's definitely a goal, and I also want to make that all-state team, um, which I don't think has anything to do with how I per, how I do at state, but that's also a goal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, congratulations again on getting out of the regional, and good luck this weekend down at State. Thank you so much. Well, I am joined now by Northwood girls golf coach Adam Yoder, the man who does everything down in Napanee. Uh, Adam, first off, again, congratulations on advancing uh, third straight state appearance. Does that even sound real? No, it's great. I mean, first of all, thanks. Uh, Yeah, it was just a it was a great day, you know, for our kids. You know, we were kind of on the bubble going in. The prognosticators would have said, you know, maybe they'll get in, maybe they won't. So to have it kind of all come together, um, for, especially for our senior abbey it was really it was really cool. Are you calling me a prognosticator, Adam? That was my kind of thought process going in as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we felt like, we, we I guess going in, you know, I think if you talk to everybody, they said there's probably four or five teams for two spots. Um, and we just felt like, as well as we prepare for that course and as well as we play there and, you know, the pro, the program that we put in place for our kids, you know, they, growing up they know what they have to be able to do to play well at Noble Hawk because that's what you have to do to get to state. So um, it really came to fruition on Saturday, and that was fun to see. Mm-hmm. You know, you've led this program now for numerous years. Uh, when you think about where you were at the first day of your first practice to where you're at now, what's maybe the one Big, biggest thing that has led you guys to get so much success, you know, five state appearances now. What maybe what's that one thing that has kind of led you that all, all that all to, to all of that success? Excuse me. Oh boy, I don't know if there's just one, but you know, our, our first really, my first really good player, uh, Amy Thompson, had a lot to do with uh, helping us change our schedule and our philosophy. Um, and our golf course has always been so great about uh, the type of access the girls get to practice and play. And our school's been great about. Uh, promoting uh, our program and, and funding it really because we're not a, a money-making sport um, so you know they pay for a lot of it. it's not cheap to travel all over the state which we pretty much do all fall uh, but you know last and not least our kids just buy into what what our program's supposed to be about and that's you know tournament golf and getting yourself prepared they play all spring all summer uh, barring injury and and get themselves ready for high school season and, and so far that formula seems to be working Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they look at your team, obviously look at the top and, and junior Sybil Stilson. She had a top 10 finish at state last year individually. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a, another strong season this year. First uh, player in program history to win two sectional titles as an individual. 
what has she done this year to really take her game to the next level? Oh, she's just she's longer uh, off the tee. Um, she's she's stronger uh, physically, and that, that's helped her, you know, with her control around the greens and, and uh, her her long iron play has gotten better. But overall, she's just one of the she's one of the smartest kids I've ever coached, and, and sometimes she's almost too smart for her own good uh, <laughs> because you know with that much talent, sometimes you can just get away with just having talent. Sometimes she needs to lean on that a little bit more, I think. But um, no, she's just her scores maybe aren't. And once you get in the 70s or down near in the 60s in golf, you know scores kind of fluctuate, and you're it's hard to make bigger jumps. But she's made jumps in her game this year, and I, I'm just excited to see her go tee it up at the state finals this week. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, again, Sybil at the top and Brie Goss, also a great season so far. She shot 79 on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but I think the play of your three, four, five players is obviously crucial for, you know, the team's success this year. What about Abby, Riley, Kitson, and Kira Schrock? That have, that, what have they done this year to kind of really progress and get you guys in the position to get the state again? Um, you know, you know, first, you know, you mentioned Bree there. You know, Bree's, uh, you know, now a two-time uh, All-NLC performer. This will be her third, her third state finals this week. Uh, she finished 38th last year, I believe, in the state finals. So uh, she's definitely looking to uh, to push her way up into the into the you know top 25, if not higher. And I think she definitely has the talent to do that. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see how we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, Abby is a senior. Um, it's been hard for her because her freshman year, you know, she was kind of battling it out for the fifth spot with some of those girls that graduated last year, you know, Kylie Gall, McKenna Gall. And it just seemed like in the end, um, those girls kind of passed her up and, and, and kind of took those spots for the last couple of years. And she was kind of sixth, seventh and uh, didn't get to, you know, necessarily play varsity very much. But luckily we had a full JV. So Abby was allowed to, Abby, Abby got to play a lot of varsity tournaments because we sent one team to one place and another team to another place. And she would get a lot of experience that way. Uh, but I'm just super happy for her. She she was the key on Saturday. She played super. Um, played her last, uh, you know, nine holes, three over, on her what could have been her last nine holes of her senior year. Uh, that shows a lot about her character and a lot about her um, her mental capabilities. You know, Riley's you know a, a really strong athlete. Uh, has just you know really grown over the last year. Bought into playing tournament golf this summer, and you can see that in her scores. You know, her scores have you know kind of fluctuated up and down a lot as 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 a vars- first time varsity player will. Uh, but I think we've seen the talent. She was fifth actually in the regular season in nine hole scoring in the NLC, and that helped her get NLC honorable mention. And then you know our fifth spot has kind of been fluctuating between sophomore Kira Schrock and and junior Bella Seacrest, who are both you know a little bit behind the other four skill level. And our fifth score uh, is usually not as strong as maybe it has been the last couple of years. But those two have improved tremendously over the last year. I mean they're not taking as many double pars as they were. Um, they're they're getting it around the course. Kira shot a 49 I think on the front nine at Noble Hawk, struggled on the back, which was our first nine. Uh, but her and Bella are each going to play one day this weekend. Kira will play on Friday, and Bella will play on. Uh, Saturday. That's kind of our philosophy. Is when we get to the state finals, um, obviously we want to finish as high as we can, and that's our plan. But we're going to get as many kids the opportunity to be on that big stage as we can too. Right. Um, just how cool is it for you knowing that you're going to go down there with another Northern Lakes Conference school in Concord? Oh, it's great. It's great for them. Great for their program. Great for the conference. Um, you know, I think that's the first time this has happened. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all. Uh, I think we're all still chasing Warsaw's. I think uh, maybe eight or Goshen's maybe around there as far as not many as Warsaw. I think uh, most state finals appearances. So we're we're, we're starting to creep up on them a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting for them. Yeah, um, you know, obviously last year was an incredible year for you guys. You finished sixth mm-hmm. down there at state. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the expectations this year? I know it's not as strong of a team as last year. Still a good team, of course. Obviously, right. state qualifying, nothing to sneeze at. Um, but no. what what are your expectations for this weekend? 
you know, having played in the state preview, um, having played in the uh, the Hall of Fame, we have a pretty good feel for a lot of these teams, um, and we play we played with a lot of them actually this year that are in the state finals. But you know, if you look at you know just just off the top, you know, Homestead, Evansville North, Carmel, Westfield, Zionsville, uh, Noblesville. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Homestead. I shouldn't forget them, obviously, after what happened Saturday. There's there's <laughs> six or seven teams. There's six or seven teams where it, it would have to be. That's, that's like a one in a hundred shot. Right. Okay, for us to beat them. Uh, and then there's about four, three or four teams that if we do what we did last year and we play well, we played up to our capabilities, we could all pass up. And then I feel like there's three or four teams, um, you know, that are kind of at the, at the back um, that we've beaten at different points this year. They've beaten at us at different points this year. That It's going to come down to who handles the, the pressure and the, the length of the course the best. But, you know, I think if this team somehow could get in the top 12, I think that would be a reasonable uh, accomplishment. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we're capable of getting in that top six discussion like we did last <laughs> year. Uh, but, you know, you never know. you got to go down here to the shots. So we've, we've run the gamut there. We've been from 6 to 15. So we know, we know, you know kind of what it takes to finish in all those mm-hmm. spots. Uh, you went to state, obviously, last year in girls, uh, girls golf, and then you won a state championship as a girls basketball coach. You're going to state again this year in girls golf. Uh, is state championship or bust just the expectation in the Yoder household now? I mean, that's got to well, be it, it, right? It is for Riley, it is for Riley Kitson. Boy, oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she got to go along with us last year to the state finals in golf and then was on the floor at Banker's Life, got to play at the end, and uh, now she's playing two days at the state finals this week. I'm not sure if it's me or if it's her or what, but um, we're both – kind of enjoying this ride of nonstop state finals performances. It's, yeah. it's been fun. And I'm super la- blessed though. You know what yeah. I mean? I got, right. I have a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of support at home for my wife, Whitney. And you know, I just, it's, it's been, it's been kind of, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we have pretty good kids too. That helps. Mm-hmm. One last for me here, coach, obviously the, um, the icon of Northwood girls golf is Oreo, the stuffed Panther. Yep. Uh, what is his mindset, her, her mindset? I'm not sure if it's his or her, but what is her mindset, their mindset going into this as well? You know, I think Oreo, uh, has been laying a little low this year. Uh, Oreo's kind of been off the, off the grid a little bit. Whoa. Uh, and so he's just he's been kind of just lurking in the shadows, not trying to be too silly. And uh, you haven't seen him on Twitter very much. I think he, maybe he may he may make some appearances this week, though. You know, I think there's a uh, there's a lot of pressure this year on this team was to get back to the state finals. And I don't know if Oreo wanted to upset the, the apple cart on that. I think he wanted to just kind of let it all play out. So we'll we'll hopefully be hearing from him soon. But I know he's excited. Awesome. Well, thanks, Adam. I really appreciate the time. Uh, again, good congratulations on getting to state, and good luck this weekend down there in uh, in Carmel. So. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Go Panthers. And that was Adam Yoder, who was gracious enough to give us some time on his Monday afternoon. He does a little bit of everything down there at Northwood Teaches and whatnot. And now we are joined by Concord Girls coach Tara Bossler. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We're very excited about going to state for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are chatting actually right now after your first state practice. How does that sound? (laughs) The girls were pretty excited. We we had to refocus to get in some good practice time tonight because they're excited and making plans and their families are excited. So we we had a nice chat after practice and ready to hit it again tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, Saturday was uh, an historic day for the program. First ever state appearance. Uh, When you hear that, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to the girls and the program? Just knowing this is the first time ever you're going to state. 
It, it's very exciting. I'm I, myself, Coach Petty. We're we're very proud of this team. I know Concord and the administration, the school board. They're all very very proud of this team. We knew they had it in it all summer, but it still comes down to them being able to execute on sectional and regional day, and and they did that. And that's not without saying there was you know heavy wind and struggles along the way, but it came down to two strokes between us going and not going, and and they ended up doing it at the end of the day. So we're we're excited. It means a lot to the school and the program, and we're we're ready to go. Right. Take me kind of through that Saturday. I'm not sure how it ended, like, in terms of the timeline, but take me through that timeline because you only got in by two shots. That's almost as slim of margin <laughs> as you can get in by. Were you in first? Did Penn get in first? What, take me through that and, like, how the tallies and the numbers were all adding up. What was the emotions like in that 30, 45 minutes or whatever? It, 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 it was a lot. I mean, I think it took me 48 hours to continually say, we're going to state. We made it out. Because <laughs> The way that we were tied, we, we played with Penn and Homestead. We started on the, the front nine. Um, so we were tied with Penn um, at the turn uh, with one rule discrepancy. We were waiting for an official ruling to come in. So it was either, it was one stroke either way. Either we were tied or we were one stroke ahead. So um, we knew it was going to be tight going into the back. And we didn't know at that time what scores, you know, were coming in from the back. And honestly, it doesn't matter. You play your own game and where your score falls at the end, it falls. But uh, we know that there's some really tight, narrow holes on the back. was a little worried about 13, 14, 15. And I had a couple of players that usually play 12 really well and had some trouble to a couple sevens on that hole. So uh, Coach Petty and I, I think we're holding our breath a little bit going into 13. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, watch, watching a team like Homestead, I mean, you know, they're just fantastic. Like, at the end of the day, you know, they have two 66s and, you know, two in the low 70s, and they throw out an 81 for the day. It's just it's incredible watching a team like that um, manage a course um, like Noble Hawk. So, you know, as we're watching our own team come around and, and Penn players, you know, doing their thing, and um, I had one player that took like a 7-7 seven, seven and a 9 on some of these back holes, and I'm, this isn't going well. We're not, we're not playing well. Then I check in with Bell and Brooke, my one and two, and Bell's, you know, Minus she's she's one under par on the back, three over on the front, so she's playing well, hitting the ball, you know, well like she did from sectionals. Um, you know, you look back, Bell and Brooke both had 74s tied for medals coming out of sectional at Cobblestone, which is a tough course. So I'm like, I hope you know they're they're on track to do it again. And Brooke nursed a, a wrist injury through the week and was just really mentally tough and a real warrior out there to to, to play and how she handled. So they were both playing well. But by three and four or five, they were struggling a little bit on the on the back nine, and their scores on the front were okay, but not not great. So I was hoping they they pick <laughs> it up on the back, and it wasn't happening. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I watched I watched Ted go up and down on the back too, and so we were coming up on 18. You make that corner, that wind just I mean it was mm-hmm. you got to club up two clubs, and um, then we start hearing scores come in, and I heard some wrong scores. Um, and so I really didn't think we made it. I thought some teams that started on the opposite side um, had some better scores. I really thought we were out of it. And then when we got almost done. I think Brooke had just finished. Bell was coming up on 18. Um, we figured out if our scoring is right, I think we got it by two. And people were starting to figure it out. And then we heard the correct scores from the scoring table from <laughs> other teams. 
And since there was no really official announcement, people were, you know, all going up and back and forth between the scoreboards. So it, there was a lot of drama there at the end of that day for our team to figure out if, if we were going or not and to figure out the right scores. Um, so, yeah, when we heard it was two strokes, it was just an, an incredible emotional moment for a Concord team that is very unemotional. <laughs> you know, they've, they've won some big firsts for the team this season, and they're just they're not a team that stands around yelling screens. They look at each other and they smile and, you know, laugh. And they're just not one to, you know, jump up and down, yell and scream. And the tears just flowed from everybody. And, you know, the players and parents and everybody was just so excited. It it was quite a a moment I'll always remember. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys have obviously benefited a lot from the two transfers you were able to get in this year, Bell Brunner and Brooke Watson, your one and two, like you said, 73 and 80. Uh, at the regional, they both were co-medalists at the sectional. Uh, you know, just speak kind of about how important they have been this year to really elevating this team and getting them in a position to advance to state. You know, it, it's been so fun having them this season. They just, they came right into the team and ju- it was seamless. They, it was just a really smooth transition. And I, I was never worried about it until people started asking me how it was going. And I'm sure the look on my face was like, well, well, of course. Like, why wouldn't it go well, you know? <laughs> um, but it, it did. You, you would never know that they didn't play for Concord for four years. You would never know that they were here for their, for their senior year. And so it's, just, it's been a delight having them. Um, they're two players that work hard on their game all year long. And they have a club in their hand every day all year long and take lessons. And, they, you know, they just they do everything right. And, and Gracie Tucker is the same way. And, you know, everyone's worked hard at Reina. And it's just it's fun for the rest of the team. Like, if you want to make these scores, you've got to put in this time and effort and work, you know, all, all year long to be able to, to have scores like this. So, Bell and Brooke have been a, just an easy transition into this team. And, and we just we, – we have a lot of fun together. So, it's a great addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of asked Adam a similar question, but what's it going to be like going down with a fellow conference team there in Northwood? It's the first time ever the NLC has produced two teams in, in the same year going to the girls golf state meet. <laughs> you know, each, each year, first of all, it's very exciting. I, I'm super happy that Concord is the, the second team going, <laughs> going to state. We're taking a lot of pride in that, but I said, I kind of, my analogy is March Madness. I love March Madness, you know. And once your team is out, you don't you root for your conference, you know. And so each year, you know, I've watched. One year it was Wild West going down at Northwood the last couple of years. And I, I've always been excited for them. You know, I've taken, you know, cookies or whatever, and, <laughs> you know, sent messages because it, it is exciting. And, and it's great when you're looking at a whole state competition um, to root for the teams that you, know, you compete with, and especially in your conference. I, I, I think it's really exciting. So to have two of us from NLC, um, and the whole conference has improved over the last several years too. So to have two teams going down, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, what are your expectations for this weekend? I mean, you, you, you know, you're kind of almost playing with house money in a sense. It's your first trip ever. <laughs> There's no expectations. Uh, what's kind of, what are your hopes and thoughts for this weekend? You know, it's a little bit, I don't want to say more relaxed, but in the sense of, you know, you watch teams again. We just played with, with Homestead and, you know, Evansville North and teams around the Indianapolis area who are just, I mean, the scores that they shoot are just are jaw-dropping. And it's so awe-inspiring to watch these teams play. And we're going to go down there. We're going to do, you know, play our best, going with the same mindset and competitiveness. 
and we're just, you know, hey, maybe we could beat another school record or, um, you know, just a chance to play on the state course with other top 15 teams in the state is an experience in and of itself. So, one, I hope we play about well, and we're going to practice this week to do that, and we're going to enjoy the ride as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Tara, for joining us, and uh, good luck this weekend. Congratulations again. It uh, should be an, an, an adventurous weekend, I bet, down at, <laughs> in, in Carmel. So. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Well, Steve, they uh, all three of those people, they sound like they're ready to go for this weekend. It should be a fun, uh, entertaining weekend down at Prairie View in Carmel. So, yeah, Good luck to all of them. Yeah. I will be going down there on Saturday. I'm very excited. I've never been down there before. so I've never actually been in Carmel. I've driven past Carmel. Never been in Carmel. I know it's a very polarizing city amongst the Indiana folk, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the reaction is like. Welcome so. to Hamilton County. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, thanks again, Steve, for coming in and being a co-host this week on the podcast and uh, bringing all of your insights about golf and football and everything else. And uh, this has been another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We will see you next week.